if we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery, with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. I gotta tell you, I will never ever get tired listening to the voice of the great communicator, President Ronald Reagan. Good morning. It is eight minutes after the hour of nine o'clock, and we are underway on this Wednesday, the third morning of the third month of the year of our Lord 2021. Coming up on the program in about a half an hour, we're gonna get our first chance to talk to a Trump-endorsed congressional candidate for 2022. Pretty early to be giving an endorsement, don't you think? Not really when you consider that the race that we're talking about is the uh, one that will involve the incumbent Anthony Gonzalez, who voted to impeach Donald Trump without due process and without any facts whatsoever that would uh, make that vote even reasonably sensible. So President Trump endorsed Max Miller, a former White House aide. Max will be joining me at 935. We'll get an introduction, and we'll learn a little bit about him and why he wants to be the Ohio 16th uh, rep, uh, District uh, Congressional Representative. But before we do anything else, we have to pause, as we do each and every morning now, for the pledge. Everyone stand up and say with me. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Nice job, everyone! Nice job indeed, young man. Make us all proud. All young children deserve to be and in fact should be indoctrinated. There's a word that the left actually uses, but they uh, they don't acknowledge. I will acknowledge I want to indoctrinate our children with patriotism, love of country, and real history of the United States of America. And I'm going to talk more about that coming up because there is a very, very disturbing piece of audio slash video that I'm going to share with you a little bit later on uh, in the program. And by the way, Quick note, before anybody else calls and leaves me a message on the authority message line telling me about this great video of Red Skelton uh, describing the uh, a Pledge of Allegiance, thank you all very much for those messages, but I got it. I got it. In fact, I've played it before on this program long before we started doing the Daily Pledge just because it is that powerful. I think I've done it on various holidays. You know, various American holidays, um, you know, that are, that are national in scope in terms of our history and so forth. But at any rate, yes, I'm well aware of it. We'll play it again. I told you before, um, maybe you heard it, that there's a great version of it 
of uh, Charlie Daniels, the late Charlie Daniels, um, who's a great conservative patriot, too, by the way. He kind of did a rendition of the Red Skelton description of each and every word of the Pledge of Allegiance. It's uh, phenomenal. But I got it. I know about it. You don't have to call me and tell me. You don't have to email and tell me. You don't have to post it on my Facebook page either. I got it. We'll play it when time the time is right. All right. Um, I'm going to start this morning with the good news. Yesterday... Texas Governor Greg, Greg Abbott made a very, very important decision. It's a decision that I, that I hope will be followed by many, many other governors, including the bespectacled buffoon who leads the state of Ohio, Mike DeWine. So today, I'm issuing a new executive order that rescinds most of the earlier executive orders. Effective next Wednesday, all businesses of any type are allowed to open one hundred percent. All businesses. That includes any type of entity in Texas. Also, I am ending the statewide mask mandate. All businesses open one hundred percent of the time, or one hundred percent capacity, rather, and one hundred percent of the time, uh, and end and end to the Texas ma- uh, mask mandate. I can not tell you how extraordinarily important this is. And what's really even more impressive, if you can believe there is something more impressive, is that Greg Abbott wasn't the first one to the table. I didn't realize this because it didn't make much news. But did you know that Mississippi did the same thing, actually, before Texas did? Mississippi Governor Tate Reeves uh, announced, and maybe they tried to do it you know, together, I don't know, but, but yesterday morning, Tate Reeves, the governor of uh, Mississippi, announced in the same way that Greg Abbott did, uh, that his state will be allowing unrestricted operations of businesses in Mississippi and zero mask mandates. That does not mean masks are going to be banned. It means you are free to make your own health decisions. So this came down, I guess this was yesterday afternoon. So, yeah, so maybe I'm a little bit off here. I thought that I thought I'd read earlier that uh, Mississippi came first, but it doesn't matter. They both did it very quickly uh, or very close. Stating tomorrow we are lifting, or starting tomorrow, excuse me, we are lifting all of our county mask mandates and businesses will be able to operate at full capacity without any state-imposed rules. Our hospitalizations and case numbers have plummeted and the vaccine is being rapidly distributed. It is time. That was the message from Tate Reeves, the governor of, uh, of uh, Mississippi. You just heard the governor of Texas, Greg Abbott. And I wonder who is going to be next. I can tell you pretty confidently who it won't be. It won't be the bespectacled buffoon in Columbus. The little Napoleon likes his power. He likes his control. And Mike DeWine is not going to give it up that easily. He's not going to demand that all schools open up. He's not going to demand uh, that all businesses operate at 100%, 100% or not demand, but give them the opportunity to. He really likes his control. That's something we found out. And that's why. Of course, there are so many Republicans lining up to challenge him in the uh, primary uh, for governor uh, as he runs for re-election, which is something we talked about yesterday and I don't prefer to get too deeply into today. Let's talk about another governor and the response to that. And this is how you know that what, um, what uh, Greg Abbott in Texas and what Tate Reeves in Mississippi are doing is the right thing because Gavin Newsom absolutely hates it. Gavin Newsom, who is facing a recall 
from the wildly radical leftists that inhabit his giant state of California. Think about how bad you must be doing when a radical, wild, leftist governor is going to be recalled by a radically wild leftist state. How bad do you have to be? Gavin Newsom took to Twitter and responded to Greg Abbott's message of uh, unmasking Texas and allowing people to go back to work uninhibited. He responded with the two-word tweet, absolutely reckless. Well, there it is. I mean, that's that's literally the, the, you know, the last and best uh, um, evidence that what you're doing is the right thing. If Gavin Newsom hates it, it's got to be the right thing. The question really is, why aren't more and more states doing this? And I think we kind of know the answer to that question. The answer is the far left, which has decided and described these decisions as being, in the same way that Gavin Newsom did, reckless and dangerous. They are insistent that you comply and do what you are told by your government at your own peril. Meaning, if you don't do it, you are going to be in trouble. There will be fines, there will, there will be all kinds of different ramifications for, which we've seen for the last 10 months, ramifications uh, for your behavior. Now, if you have wondered at all if the masking of America, which, by the way, has been proven in scientific study after scientific study to be completely useless in real-world applications. The, the masking of America. And what I mean by that is there have been numerous randomized controlled studies of people using masks. You know, and, and the government doesn't specify they have to be surgical, as you know. The government hasn't specified that they have to be the N95 masks. It can be cloth. It can be a neck gaiter. It can be a bandana. It can be whatever. Just cover your face. All of the randomized controlled trials uh, involving the real-world use of masking, which means people t- putting them on and taking them off, which they do throughout the day, depending on whether they're sitting or standing, they're walking or not, depending on where they are. And even where they are, they're touching them, they're lifting them up to wipe their eyes or to wipe their mouth or to blow their nose or whatever the case might be. They're being touched constantly in real-world applications. All of the randomized controlled studies show that they are useless, that there is zero difference between number of infections among people who use them and number of people or the number of infections among people who do not use them in various places. These, there are numerous studies of this. The only studies that show masking works is if they're using the very uh, strongest or um, most effective mask that they have, the N95 mask. They test these not in real-world applications or real-world trials. They test these inside laboratories, and they have doctors fitting them to faces of dummies and mannequins and whatnot. And... um, you know, they have them making sure that there's no creases, that there's no gaps in them up against the face, et cetera, et cetera. And then they say, look at that. No, uh, no, uh, uh, microscopic, microscopic particles or droplets are getting through that. This is what it does. See, look, masking works. Except that people aren't wearing that. And they're not wearing them like that. And they can't wear them like that for four hour, or four or eight hour work shifts at a time, even if they wanted to. So the masking of America has proven to be utterly and completely useless, and it has been lifted. 
But if you have wondered as to whether or not the masking of America was kind of, you know, a testing ground for future health orders, future governmental control over the citizenry, you can wonder no more. I want you to listen to this CNN guest talking about how the seasonal flu is so down this year. And it is. It's extraordinarily low. Number one, because they're probably not diagnosing it. Anybody with a a respiratory uh, disease or a respiratory condition, which is what the flu is, and that is the same thing that COVID-19 is, this virus is respiratory, they are just calling likely COVID with no test or with a test or no test. So people who have the flu are being diagnosed as having COVID because that's, of course, part of the fear. But at any rate, listen to what you knew was coming from leftists when it comes to the masking of America during COVID and and into the future. Listen. I mean, typically every year between 150 and 200 children die of influenza. This year, so far, one child has died of influenza. On Friday, March 5th, our FDA Vaccine Advisory Committee is going to meet to discuss what flu strains we are going to pick to be in next year's flu vaccine. The way we do that is we figure out what flu strains have been circulating in places like Australia or South America, which sort of pr- predicts what, what strains are likely to come into our, our country. There's been so little flu in those, those two areas, I, I think it's going to be hard for us to try and figure out what flu strains to pick. But you're right. It's, it's if we mask and social distance every winter we will see a dramatic reduction in flu which usually causes hundreds of thousands of hospitalizations and tens of thousands of deaths i wonder whether that would be will be the lesson uh, from this it's uh dr paul offit on uh, cnn and the money line was at the very end there i wonder if we will mask and social distance every winter If we do, we will see a dramatic reduction in flu, which causes hundreds of thousands of hospitalizations and tens of thousands of deaths. So if you think when the pandemic is officially over and you can throw your face diaper into the trash can forever, if you think that's the the, going to be, you know, that's how you get off, um, you're sadly mistaken. We're not going to get off that easily. They're going to tell us come November when flu season starts again, put them back on. Now, whether they will make this mandatory or not is going to largely be a decision that's not left to the governors. It's going to largely be a decision that is left to the legislators. And yes, I am saying that definitively, calling you out, Ohio General Assembly. Greg Abbott in Texas has cast the masks into the trash. So has Tate Reeves in uh, Mississippi. We know that Mike DeWine will do no such thing. And what I'm telling you, General Assembly of Ohio, is you can't allow him to have that kind of power anymore. It is time for you to pass the legislation that already got passed the Senate and restrict and remove the DeWine has shared with his, uh, uh, his uh, health director of the moment. You cannot allow them to have this unilateral power. It has destroyed Ohio businesses, it has destroyed Ohio schools, destroyed Ohio's children, destroyed Ohio's workers, destroyed Ohio's economy. You cannot let them have that kind of power again. You just heard that doctor on CNN say, now we're going to push for this to happen every winter. Do not allow that power to rest in the hands of somebody like Mike DeWine. General Assembly, we are calling you out. It is time to get this done. 
Okay, 922. We'll take a quick time out and come right back on AM 1420, The Answer. Can't get on the air with Bob? Leave a message, 216-525-1806. Okay, 927, AM 1420, The Answer. Appreciate you being with us. A um, couple of other quick notes. I'll get a couple of phone calls, too. We're going to talk to Max Miller. Don't forget, Max Miller, former White House aide, former U.S. Marine, now the in, uh, the endorsed. Republican candidate in the primary for Anthony Gonzalez's seat that is coming up in 2022 uh, after Anthony Gonzalez uh, voted to impeach President Trump. Max Miller will have our first introduction to him coming up at uh, 935. But a couple of other quickies uh, real quick. Uh, I mentioned that Mississippi was first rather than uh, than Texas, and I may have gotten that backwards. In terms of application, it was correct. Mississippi's new law, or essentially their undoing of the uh, uh, existing law uh, with respect to mask mandates and business restrictions takes effect today. Uh, Texas is waiting until one week from today. March 10th is when Texas will officially lift their mask mandate and all of their business restrictions. So I wanted to clarify that for you. And again, there are other states that are also very, very close to this, including Iowa. And we'll give you those updates as we get them. But this is a good, this is a good sign, my friends. It, it is a very good sign that nationally there are governors and there are leaders who get it. I think Greg Abbott would tell you now that it was a mistake to lock down. I think uh, you'd probably get Tate Reeves in Mississippi to tell you the same thing. And as evidence of that, they would probably point to Governor Ron DeSantis in Florida and Governor Kristi Noem in South, Car- uh, South Dakota uh, as proof of that. You, d- you do not need to lock down and destroy your state, destroy your workers, uh, destroy your students, et cetera, et cetera, in response to a pandemic because... Cal, or excuse me, uh, South Dakota and Florida were no different, no worse off than those states that did lock down. So um, let's hope there's more courage in these governors. And quite sadly, I have no such faith that that's going to happen in our state. I don't think Mike DeWine knows what courage means. Vince is in Westlake on AM 1420, The Answer. Hi, Vince. You're on the air. Go ahead. Good morning, Bob. Thanks for taking my call. Yes, sir. Talk with you again. Uh, <laughs> and I agree with you just on your very last comment. Uh, I, 100%. Our governor doesn't have the courage to do what's right, what's right for the state, what's right for most importantly, it's people. Uh, which brings me to my point of calling. Uh-huh. Um, you see these other states starting to wise up, starting to reverse mask mandates and everything else. First of all, I'd be curious to hear from Rob Walgate or one of the other people about the constitutionality of that. But secondly, uh, do you remember last, I don't know, Bob, if it was in the middle of summer when uh, Mike DeWine first was going to order a mask mandate, and he got so much pushback from the citizens of Ohio that he decided to uh, back off of it. And then he yeah, got tur- turn it in, turn it into a uh, a strong suggestion or something, but not a mandate. He he correct, asked everybody correct. to do it. Well, yep. you know, now it's time for us again. You know, it's called "We the People" for the reason, and we need to start crashing their phone lines and you know fax machines and uh, not only his but our representatives. You mentioned earlier about the uh, the Ohio uh, House getting things, taking control of things, and releasing it, uh, him with some of his power that he's got. And that's right. Mandates and things like that. And that's, you know, again, if we sit back and take it, we've got nobody to blame but ourselves. 
I I do not disagree at all. But by the way, I think you just dated yourself when you said we should jam up his fax machine. Does any office still have fax machine? <laughs> I don't know, man. I just throw, I just throwing that out there. But your point, you, you get Vince, my you get my point. Though. I do you get, get your point. point. Yep, you're you're. I get you. I get the uh, the gist of what you're saying, and you're right. We do have to make noise. Thank you, Vince, for the call. We need to make noise and say we want to be set free the way Texas, the way Florida has always been free, the way South Dakota is, the way Texas, Mississippi, and other states are. We want to be set free from these ridiculous mandates. Let's follow the science. The science says they don't work anyway. So stop putting people into these situations of conflict. Stop shaming them. Stop uh, letting people or forcing people rather to uh, give up their First Amendment rights to free speech and free expression through these ridiculous mandates. All right. We'll take our time out for news now. We'll talk to Max Miller, congressional candidate, coming up next. AM 1420, The Answer. All right, 936, we continue on AM 1420, The Answer. Uh, I think we all remember this interview from the day after the House of Representatives voted to impeach Donald Trump for the second time and send him to the United States Senate for yet another trial, this time with an article of impeachment alleging that he incited a riot, incited an insurrection against the United States government. Among those voters... To, uh, to impeach President Trump was Anthony Gonzalez. You voted to send an impeachment to the Senate based on evidence that you saw over the last two months. Was that evidence presented in a due process hearing for the president as the Constitution requires? Yeah, I know you're a believer in the Constitution, right? This Absolutely. vote yesterday, is, is, it can be viewed by many, many, and in fact is being viewed by many constitutional scholars as being exactly that, because it's pretty clear that in the case of an impeachment, the accused uh, or the uh, would-be impeached uh, officer uh, does get a hearing in order to listen to that evidence. So if you had two months of what you think is impeachable conduct, wouldn't you have liked to have been able to present that through questioning in a a, a hearing? Yes, and that is absolutely going to happen in the Senate. I mean, that is 100%. No, 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 no. no, no. Presumably. That is 100%. Congressman, that's the trial. You said yourself, hold on, you said your body in the lower chamber, has to present enough evidence to even get that to a trial. You're, you're sending something to a trial without evidence that leads to that trial having been presented. Bob, Bob. I mean, this would be like a prosecutor saying, you know, I read in the papers uh, that this guy was a really bad guy over the last few months. I don't have any evidence, but we're going to charge him anyway and send it to a trial. No judge would allow such a thing. A judge is going to say, what is your evidence that would produce a likely conviction in but that's exactly what Anthony Gonzalez and nine other Republicans did in joining with the Demon Rats in sending that uh, that uh, case over to the United States Senate. That was uh, probably more like a cross-examination, I think, than an interview. And uh, it uh, exposed Anthony Gonzalez, I think, to a lot of people. Among them are challengers now for his 16th Congressional District seat. And it's my pleasure to introduce you now to one of them, the most recent one and perhaps the most most high-profile one, insofar as he just received an endorsement from the 45th President of the United States, Donald Trump. He is Max Miller. He is a former White House aide serving uh, under President Trump, and he joins us now on AM 1420, The Answer. Max, good to have you. How are you, sir? Hey, Bob. I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing well. Did you um did you hear that interview that uh, that I conducted with Anthony Gonzalez the day after that vote? I did. I did. I actually I listened to it uh listened to it yesterday and you know it's very clear that he's even confused as to why he voted to impeach President Trump. So 
Yeah, um, he he was. I mean, uh, you know, there was a long interview. It was about a thirty plus minute interview, and uh, I gave him an opportunity to defend his his vote, and he never really got around to being able to do it because there was no language that the president used that would have incited anything. Um, but the reason I asked if you heard it is I wanted to know if that, along with other public criticism that Anthony Gonzalez has received over this, he even admitted in that interview and in other places that he knows that this is going to get him in trouble with his constituents and that he's probably going to face primary challengers. Did that public criticism lead you, Max, to saying, I want a piece of this? And is that why you decided you wanted to run for this uh, for his seat? Look, Bob, at the end of the day, and, and this is where we came to this process, I'm running to stand up for Northeast Ohioans and represent their interests, right? They overwhelmingly voted for the America First agenda, not just once, but twice, and especially within the 16th district, right? So what they ended up getting was a representative who betrayed his own constituents, and and he put forth a vanity vote, and that's what it is. It's a vanity vote, and he went with his quote-unquote moral conscience. That's not what the voters want, and it's not what they deserve. I mean, really quick, look, when I started receiving phone calls from folks encouraging me to run, what they kept on saying was they felt betrayed. They couldn't believe what you know congressman gonzalez ended up doing they kept telling me they wanted someone who's willing to stand strong and have a steel spine and won't back down the liberal mob and take a knee to nancy pelosi and chuck schumer right and to not you know kowtow to the liberal elites in hollywood new york and dc and that's why president trump endorsed me Max, who are these people? You've never run for office before, right? This is your first, uh, just a little background for those who, who don't know. You, you served as uh, an aide to the president in the White House. You ran, helped uh, his campaign in 2016. You helped his reelection campaign just this past year, but you've never run for office yourself. So who, who, uh, were these people calling you and saying, Hey, we want you to run because we need somebody who's going to stand up for the uh, America First agenda in the 16th? Look, I received some phone calls from people within the Trump orbit in the political sphere uh, through my time working in D.C. and while is in Ohio. Um, you know, and these conversations went on for, for a couple weeks, and, you know, I finally decided to throw my hat in the ring. Tell me what your uh, your opinion of Anthony Gonzalez was prior to this uh, vote. Um, and the reason I ask that is it seems like people are changing their tunes on him now. Um, Jane Timken, after he made that vote, declared that he was a very effective legislator. He was a good legislator. It was her legislator. And she said uh, he had a rational reason for wanting to uh, vote to impeach. Then, of course, now she's running for Rob Portman's seat in the Senate. And she said, I think he should resign. It was that despicable of a thing. Did you have an opinion of Anthony Gonzalez prior to this event, uh, you know, his vote? Or was that really your first interest? introduction to him and saying hey that guy we got to get that guy out of there and i need somebody like myself to come in well look i mean at the end of the day i'm, I'm going to give voters a choice bob and i trust them to make it mm-hmm. you know and, and, and not really familiar with with congressman gonzalez but look do they want someone like me who's fought in the trenches for the america first agenda from the beginning right who stood strong even when attacked personally and and publicly and, and you've already seen that right now and so are a lot of people or do they want someone like you know the incumbent who sold them one thing and turned their back and did another. And he really showed his true colors. Like, there's, there's two types of people in this world, right? That when the tough get going, and I know it's a little cliche, right? Uh, you know, they can pick up and have the intestinal fortitude to move forward and to bound forward. And then you have other people who crumble under pressure. And, yes, yeah, so that would be a main driver as to why I'm doing this, because it concerns me for other major issues that, you know, he's going to go have to legislate and move forward with.
You mentioned Max Miller. We're talking to Max Miller, who is a former White House aide and a former campaigner for President Trump in both of his uh, presidential campaigns. He is uh, now a congressional declared congressional candidate in, a, in a, what would be a primary situation against uh, Anthony Gonzalez. Also, another uh, uh, announced candidate is Jonah Schultz. Uh, Max, you said you know, you, you've fought in the trenches politically. You've fought in the trenches quite literally as well, right, as a former Marine. What does that do for your background? What, how does that background rather um, ready you for a run at something like uh, this congressional race? Look, what the, the training that I got in the Marine Corps, and I was a Marine Corps reservist, is I'm like, it, it's the greatest education that one can get. And this is why I would employ every single individual to be a part of our military. It is the greatest education. It's better than getting an MBA. I mean, it teaches you management and how to be a true leader, right? And, it, and what it really tells you to do and shows you how to do is to fight. And it's to fight for the man or woman on your left and on your right. And that, I mean, I've been able to take those values and implement them over the course of my career. Have you, well, first of all, let me get, let me get to the endorsement here, Max, because this is so big. Uh, I'm going to quote from the president. Max Miller is a wonderful person who did a fantastic job at the White House and will be a fantastic congressman. He is a Marine veteran, a son of Ohio, and a true patriot. Current Rep. Anthony Gonzalez should not be representing the people of the 16th because he does not represent their interest or their heart. Max Miller has my complete and total endorsement. That came from the 45th President of the United States. What did that mean to you? I was extremely honored and humbled. I mean, President Trump cares about our district and its voters. He really does. I mean, we've talked about it at length, and he knows firsthand I'll fight for both. And so I'm proud to have his endorsement. However, at the end of the day, I want to earn the support of every voter in that district because it's it's who I am. And I will represent this district, and I am the conservative fighter that they need. And President Trump knows, knows, you know, who I am, and that's my genetic makeup. I mean, I've been able to spend the past five and a half years with him, and he knows that I can take this fight and not back down. Max, have you formulated, uh, and I know it's obviously very, very early, it's March of, of 2021, and we're talking about an election that's going to be held in November of 2022. Uh, have you formulated any positions on some of the issues that are currently facing the Congress? For example, illegal immigration and legal immigration bills uh, to reform it. Um, you know, we're, we're looking at the voter integrity issues. There is House Bill 1, which you know, they claim is going to provide Americans with more access to the ballot box. But for those of us who were very concerned about voting integrity in 2020 because of the way, you know, some of those states um, handled their elections, you know, it's probably House Bill 1 is probably going to be, you know, open up, uh, you know, the elections to more fraud than anything else. But have you had a chance to review a lot of those issues and formulate positions on those, Max? I have. And first, I'll address uh, immigration. You brought that up first. Look. Sure. What we've accomplished in four years with immigration with President Trump, what, what we have seen over the past four weeks, and Joe Biden has undone it. And in the last four weeks, four years of hard work that we have put forward has just been undone. It's a humanitarian disaster at the border. What, what Joe Biden's doing and the progressive left is they're putting American lives at risk. I mean, what you're seeing right now is President Trump, who pushed an America first agenda. He leaves office. It's only been, you know, a, few, a couple months at most, a little over. And now you see Joe Biden with America last. At the end of the day, Republicans need to hold the line on immigration. We cannot give the Democrats an inch, not one inch. Democrats are going to use every opportunity to advance wholesale amnesty, and we need to fight back as Republicans. And the reason I, you know, I'm going to harp on this and think it's so big 
is because we've seen our current representative, what happens when he comes under pressure. And we just saw that in the vote in impeachment, which makes me concerned for his other votes that he's going to have to face. Right? You can only side you know, with Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer. Like, only once, as he did. But that should tell everyone what they need to know. Um, so, you know, that's my, my stance on immigration uh, in, in terms of election integrity. Sorry. Yeah, no, that's it. I was just going to remind you what part two was there, election integrity. I mean, you know, we all watched that uh, election night uh, fiasco and how they shut everything down in some states, then came back or in the middle of the night and started counting in again, and suddenly the tallies were different. Uh, there were all kinds of irregularities, all kinds of sworn affidavits alleging voter fraud, and none of that stuff was heard by the courts. Um, so there's a lot of us who still believe that this election was not valid. Um, the Democrats want to actually make it easier to commit those kinds of acts with this House Bill 1, um, which they call the We the People Act. What is your feeling on the the security and the ele- uh, integrity of our electoral process right now? The way I see it right now is, look, I'm not sure we'll ever know all the details or all the facts, but the facts we do know, they're a real problem, and they can they should concern every American. They really should. We know that bureaucrats overstepped their authority in multiple states. They changed election laws unilaterally throughout last year, and they broke the law. We also know Democrats have been trying to systematically weaken our election system for years, and you just alluded to that. Why do they do that, Bob? They do it because they think it'll help them win. All Democrats want is power. They're warmongers, and they want to keep it. They don't care how they get it, and they don't care how they keep it. And so they'll abuse and break the laws at any cost. I mean, at the end of the day, I'll wrap it up with this on, on election integrity. It's common sense to have protections and processes that are going to be in place, right? So I would say I don't understand why Democrats and the, and the left would be against it. The fact is I do understand that because the Democrats will break the law, they will cheat, they will abuse their authority, they'll do anything to retain power, and they're going to do that, Bob, because they want to change the fundamental fabric of this country, and we cannot let them do that. Max Miller is uh, my guest. Max is a newly announced congressional candidate for Ohio 16, held by Anthony Gonzalez, who has fallen out of favor with President Trump and, quite frankly, with most of his constituents who voted overwhelmingly for President Trump and the America First agenda. They feel betrayed by Anthony Gonzalez uh, and his vote to impeach without due process and without evidence. So, Max, you know that any time you run for office, it comes with the first step. Everybody who opposes you is going to start digging into your past. They do this to every candidate to find out what you're weak on. Uh, one of the other candidates who has declared, and I talked to Jonah Schultz. I had him on shortly after he announced as well last month. Um, he put out a tweet there alleging some pretty strong stuff, talking about arrests and uh, convictions. He actually de- uh, declared that you on Twitter are a felon. Uh, I want to give you a chance to respond to that from uh, that, that accusation from Jonah Schultz and uh, maybe clear, the, uh, clear yeah. the record for everyone. Yeah, look, I, I'd love to address it. And I think uh, a lot of people probably, or maybe they didn't see my statement, the plain dealer. But, sorry, what this comes down to, it's, it's a libelous smear, you know, right? right? I mean, but this is, what I, you know, this is what I've seen. This is what I've come to learn about politics today. If you're willing to stand up and fight for President Trump, Bob, if you're willing to fight for the American people, your opponents, the media, they will smear you at any cost, and they will do their best to amplify it. I mean, with that said, I'm not going to be distracted with a libelous smear like that. I think, you know, this individual, I don't know him, he, he knows it's not, it's, it's, it's not factual. And I think everyone else does, they, they know as well. I'm focusing on an America First vision that's going to put our kids back to school, get our citizens back to work, 
and put policies in place so that Northeast Ohio can flourish in the 16th district. That's what I'm focused on. Well, I got to tell you, it takes a lot of courage to run for office these days. I guess you could say that really almost forever because your opponents are going to do everything they can to find anything that uh, they might see as a weakness and they're going to dig into your past and find a reason to tell people to not vote for you. It takes courage to run and put yourself through that ringer. So no matter what happens in this uh, in this race, I salute you for having the courage to do that. And I would say the same thing to Jonah Schultz and anybody else that is willing to run to serve the people because uh, it's it, there's a personal toll that is paid because of that. And the fact that you're willing to pay it is uh is something that i think is worthy of respect uh max miller i, I wish you the best it. of luck yes sir my, my notes i mean that from the heart uh max i hope we can talk again in fact i'm sure you, we will i'm sure i'll talk to a lot of the other candidates as well do you expect this to be a you know like a a, a, a giant group of of candidates who want to get rid of anthony gonzalez you think it's going to be a big crew uh you know bob i don't know and i, I don't know any other candidates that are looking to go ahead and jump in the race all i can tell you is I'm proud to receive President Trump's endorsement. He thinks, you know, the world of me that I'm able to do this and support him. Uh, and, you know, that's all I'm looking forward to in fighting for the people of the 16th District and establishing those relationships so they can really get to know who I am as a person that's never going to back down or take a knee or fold under pressure. Understood. Um, and, I hope that er- and I hope that everyone listening could please just go to my website, votemaxmiller.com, and they can see a little bit of my bio. And I'm looking forward to establishing these relationships in the 16th District and to unseat Anthony Gonzalez and, and probably be their representative of the 16th District. But I, I do thank you for your time this morning, and I do hope to talk to you soon, sir. Thank you, Max. I appreciate your time. All right. That's uh, Max Miller. He is running for. I do think what I asked him at the end, it's going to be a crowded field. Uh, I really do. I think there's going to be a lot of people who want to be a part of this. I think Max and Jonah Schultz are the first two in very, very early in 2021. But I think as we get closer to 2022 in this race, you're going to see more candidates emerge. It's going to be very interesting to watch. But uh, Matt, none of them are going to be able to say this. None of them are going to be able to say that they have the endorsement of Donald J. Trump. Max Miller has that. So that's uh, that's uh, that's an ace. All right, 953, we'll take a timeout, come right back. AM 1420, the answer. Okay, 956, short segment here. Interested in your thoughts on that, uh, Max Miller? Uh, I had on Jonas Schultz uh, right after he made his announcement last year. Now I've had on Max Miller since he has made his announcement and received the Trump endorsement. Uh, I think it's safe to say Anthony Gonzalez is in some serious trouble. Uh, unless, and this is one of those, um, you know, this is just one of those circumstances that you, you there's no way around. Um, it's similar to what we talked about when we talked to Tom Zalostowski earlier this week about forming a third party. The concern is that two different conservative parties will split the vote, allowing the liberal to coast on through. Um, that's just always a concern when you talk about a third party. Not that this is a third party situation, but in a primary situation, if you've got the incumbent and a whole bunch of other conservative minded, you know, Trump supporters and America first agenda supporters vying to bounce him from the primary to get to the general election, the anti Gonzalez vote could split allowing Gonzalez to coast on through. And that would be very, very, you know, unfortunate, I think. And I, I want to say this, too. You know, I've talked to two people who want to bounce Gonzalez from Congress now for what he did. And I do think it will be a crowded field. I think there will be more. I don't want to sound like the bully here. 
I don't. I, and I know in my interview with Anthony Gonzalez, I went at him hard. He knew I was going to come at him hard. It, it was quite obvious. It was the day after he voted as one of only 10 Republicans to join the evil Democrats who were trying to uh, impeach Donald Trump just for being Donald Trump from before his inauguration. Before his election, they were making plans to impeach him. Then they tried to impeach him almost immediately after his election. Then they actually filed articles in the ridiculous Ukraine call thing. And then he was going to make it to the end of his term, even though he wasn't going to be president again. And they filed him just days before, filed another article of impeachment to just make sure he was on the record as having been impeached again and to try to stop him from being able to run for office again. The Democrats were straight up satanic evil in, in, their, in their dealings with Donald Trump. They knew he didn't do anything that was impeachable, but they are terrified of him. And Anthony Gonzalez and nine other Republicans joined that evil cabal. They joined that effort to remove a duly elected president who had done nothing even remotely worth impeachment in either case. So as much as I like Anthony Gonzalez as a guy, and I've had him on, a, on several times you know, during his first two years, not weekly, the way I did Jim Renacci in that seat, but I had him on several times, and I always found him to be, to be pleasant and engaging and serious and conservative for the most part. I liked how he kept his head down in his first two years in Congress and learned the ropes and, and you know, did some effective things for his, his constituents in the 16th. Wasn't out there to make a show of himself the way AOC and others in his quote-unquote freshman class of members of Congress were. I liked a lot of things about Anthony Gonzalez, and I hope he knows that. I think he does, because I've talked to him many times. But when he did that, it was unforgivable. When he joined the Demon Rats and tried to impeach and ruin a man's life and career, Without due process, then that man no longer believes in the Constitution. And if you don't believe in the Constitution, then you cannot serve in the United States House of Representatives. So I just hope that we don't have an all-out blood battle between you know the likes of Jonah Schultz and Max Miller and whoever else is going to enter that fray, and I think there will be many, to the point where they all split the anti-Gonzalez vote and have Gonzalez actually uh, win that primary and uh, go up for re-election in the general. I hope that is not the case. All right, uh, going to get a quick time out here for news. Then we'll come back. We are guest free in hour number two, so plenty of time for you to fill them up. Two one six nine zero one zero nine four five triple eight two eight one eleven ten. It's the authority on AM fourteen twenty. The answer. 